Listener Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Tuesday, the 23rd of March. The Defence Force has been called in to help with rescues as the flood crisis continues to worsen across New South Wales and Queensland. 10 million Australians are on high alert with evacuation warnings in place for thousands of residents across New South Wales, especially around the Hawkesbury and Nepean rivers and the mid-north coast. Here's Justin Robinson from the Weather Bureau. I've been a flood forecast in the Bureau for 20 years and this is probably the worst flooding that I've experienced. With more heavy rain on the way, residents are preparing for the worst. Like many, third-generation dairy farmer Douglas Johnston from Taree on the mid-north coast of New South Wales had just survived the recent drought. And as he's told the ABC, now he's been devastated by the once-in-a-century floods. We were devastated during the drought. We were probably down to our last couple of months. Um, We couldn't have survived much longer. We've got that heavy in debt, and we've only just we've only just got ourselves out of debt from the drought. Now the flood has has hammered us, so I don't know how we can carry on. <laughs> in southeast Queensland, widespread flooding has caused landslides and chaos on the roads, with eight fatal car accidents over just the past three days. Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk urging residents to take extra care. We want everyone to be on alert, uh, especially over the next 24 hours. And just remember, if it's flooded, forget it. And we'll have more details from our reporters in both New South Wales and Queensland shortly on the unfolding flood crisis. Another scandal is rocking Parliament House after a whistleblower came forward revealing Liberal Party staffers took photos and videos of themselves performing sexual acts in parliamentary offices. The whistleblower decided to break his silence after the Brittany Higgins rape allegations, telling Channel 10 certain female MPs officers were targeted in the photos and the disturbing images were widely shared. He says urgent action needs to be taken. And it needs to start with the removal of this toxic, powerful, privileged boys club that does what it wants, when it wants, where it wants. The Prime Minister has labelled the reports disgusting and sickening, saying everyone has a right to feel safe at work. One of the Liberal Party staffers has already been sacked after being identified in the videos. Shadow Minister for Women Tanya Plibersek told 7.30 this is not about politics but fixing a serious cultural problem. How do we make sure that this is not just a you know, 24-hour political problem managed away by the government but that real action is taken to provide a safe workplace for women who work in Parliament House. There's been another development in the Brittany Higgins rape allegations with a Parliament House security guard breaking her silence. Nicola Anderson says she found Brittany on the couch in the Defence Minister's office on the night of the alleged sexual assault, but has told Four Corners there was no security breach on the night in question. And the truth does have to come out. There was no security breach. Because these two people worked for Minister Reynolds, they were allowed access in there, which is why we granted it. 
It's been alleged the Liberal Party staffer accused of the sexual assault had been sacked because of a security breach. Meantime, it's been revealed an internal investigation into what the federal government knew about the rape allegations with Brittany Higgins has been suspended because of concerns it would interfere with the current police investigation. Here's Labor Senator Katie Gallagher at an estimates hearing. The head of government gets told that there was an alleged rape in this building and that a lot of people knew across many different agencies and portfolios And the Prime Minister has not asked for his agency to coordinate what the hell happened on that night. I I just cannot believe it. Like, I feel like I'm in a parallel universe at the moment. Overseas now and the results of a major US trial of the AstraZeneca COVID-19 vaccine have confirmed that it is safe and effective. 32,000 volunteers took part in the major trial, which showed the jab was 79% effective in stopping symptomatic COVID disease and 100% effective in preventing serious illness. Medical editor Fergus Walsh has told BBC Breakfast the results are promising. It sends a couple of useful signals to EU countries who've been nervous about clots and they've been nervous about um, what they saw as a lack of Um, data on the effectiveness in the elderly. That should be reassuring. And former NRL player Jared Hayne is expected to face jail time after being found guilty of sexual assault. The 33-year-old has been convicted over an incident involving a 26-year-old woman in Newcastle in New South Wales after the 2018 NRL Grand Final. A judge has told a Sydney court a jail sentence is inevitable. Here is Hayne speaking outside of court. I'd rather go to jail knowing I spoke the truth than be a free man living a lie. I was straight up from the start. It's unfortunate, it's disappointing. But at the end of the day, if that's what they, you know, they've come to the decision, I respect that. Now for a look at what else is making news around the country this Tuesday morning. To New South Wales, and as we mentioned earlier, a severe weather warning has been issued for large areas of the state as floodwaters continue to rise. Our reporter, Siobhan Caulfield, has more from Sydney. Yeah, Tash, the downpour has been going for days, but this situation is far from over. A severe weather warning is out from the Bureau for a large chunk of New South Wales, with 10 million Aussies now under that weather warning as two major systems collide. Here in New South Wales, more than 18,000 people have been evacuated from their homes and there could be more to come. There's major flooding across the Hawkesbury River at North Richmond and Windsor. Residents in low-lying properties at North Richmond and Agnes Banks have already been forced to flee their homes. While there's also a warning for moderate flooding along the Nepean River at Penrith. An evacuation warning has been issued for people in some parts of Wetherill Park, Londonderry and Clarendon as floodwaters continue to rise. New South Wales has meantime accepted help from the ADF as well as Queensland, South Australia and Victoria as flooding continues. Emergency Services Minister David Elliott says there's concerns for Sydney's Warragamba Dam spilling 300 gigalitres a day. Those storms that have been battering Sydney uh, on Monday and today, Tuesday, will probably move south. That will continue a bit of a risk for the dam because uh, the catchment area goes as far down as Goulburn for Warragamba Dam. To Queensland now and the Premier has warned residents to be on alert with more wild weather on the way. Heavy rain has also caused flash flooding on the Gold Coast with residents evacuated. Our reporter David Shiraz has more from Brisbane. 
Good morning, Tash. That's right. Rain-soaked parts of southeast Queensland are expecting more of the same until later this week. A flood watch issued for large parts of the southern state from the South Australian border to the southeast coast. Heavy rain causing flash flooding, with two streets on the Gold Coast having to be evacuated late yesterday. The foundations of at least one home severely eroded, leaving it perched on a hillside. A severe weather warning is in place for Darling Downs, Granite Belt and southeast coast districts, with warnings of flash flooding and landslides. Southeast Queensland is urged by the Queensland Premier to stay off the roads overnight unless for essential purposes. Some parts of the state expecting rainfall totals of up to 150 millimetres. To Victoria now and authorities are cracking down on learner drivers. James Lake has the details from Melbourne. Thanks, Tash. It might seem pretty heavy-handed, but it is supposed to be a very serious deterrent. Victorian learner drivers will face up to six months in jail or a fine of $9,900 if they get caught behind the wheel without a qualified driver supervising them. The current penalty is $3,300 and police are catching about 5,000 learner drivers breaking this law each year. Tougher rules are also coming in for interstate drivers who come into Victoria with an interlock device on their car. They can only drive with zero alcohol in their system or face four months behind bars. This change closes a loophole which previously let drivers from interstate off with a lesser penalty than Victorians. Now for the latest in business and finance news this morning, we're joined by Effie Zahos, editor-at-large at CanStar. Effie, good morning. As we mentioned earlier today, many of these poor residents across flood-affected regions have just survived the recent bushfires and now they're being hit with these devastating floods. But there is financial help on offer and latest data shows the government's already taken around 18,000 calls around details of the disaster recovery payment. Yeah, good morning, Tash. Uh, It is, and that number came in just last night. So you can see the impact this is having on so many people in New South Wales and the help that's needed. It's important to note there are actually two payments. One is the disaster recovery payment, and that uh, affects about 34 local government areas it covers. Go onto Services Australia's website to see if your area is there. You have to be adversely affected. And I've been told by Services Australia to really note that so they don't... uh, block up phone calls. That means that your house must have been destroyed or structurally unsound or major damage inside. You receive a thousand per adult in the house plus 400 for each child that's under 16. You need to make that claim by the 20th September. And the other one that's not known that well is that there is a recovery allowance. The same 34 local government areas there. That's if you've lost your income because of the New South Wales flood. It's equivalent to job seek or the youth allowance and maximum payment is 13 weeks. Again, you've got to get in by the 20th of September. And as for small businesses, the government's also underwriting loans of up to 130000 at fixed concessional interest rates. Um, so it's worth calling the New South Wales Rural Assistance Authority if you want more information on that. Um, look, get in, make sure you do understand what you're actually covered for. And of course, if you're not sure, the Insurance Council of Australia has set up a helpline uh, to go through your policy if you're unsure. That's on 1800 678 593. Yeah, so much needed help for so many people affected by these awful floods, Effie. Also making news today, we've spoken about this before, the Reserve Bank, (laughs) people have come out and said, don't expect interest rates to rise, they're going to stay low for a long while. Now there's more evidence that they may actually start to increase. 
Well, Tash, this is, this is interesting. We have spoken about these rock bottom fixed rates and is now the time to lock in. We know the RBA has made it crystal clear. We are going to nail the cash rate down. We're not moving rates until 2024. Now, that's only three years away. But what we saw yesterday was that the Commonwealth Bank actually hiked its four-year fixed rate while cutting one of its uh, uh, two-year fixed rates. So it actually um, increased its rate by uh, by 0.2%, so taking it from 1.99 to 2.19. Now, you can read this into a number of ways. Are they trying to make their you know shorter terms more competitive and increasing their longer terms? The interesting point here is that they're probably factoring in at least one rate rise over this four-year period. Um, so they're re reviewing their long-term fixed rates, and I suspect a lot of other banks now will be looking at these longer term fixed rates. They are at rock bottom. So, you know, thinking, well, the RBA has got three years only away. Should we be now factoring these rates in? Now, the question for all of us is, do we lock in? The economy is, uh, you know, doing well. There's pressure for other banks to revise their rates. So what do you do? Of course, take care because fixed rates do have pros and cons. But I do want to say that fixed rates can be flexible. Of the 258 fixed home loans on comparison site CanStar's database, 87 of them have an offset facility and 237 allow for lump sums or regular payments. If I had to give one tip, if you're out in the market wanting to buy and you've got your eyes on a low fixed rate, ask your lender about a potential rate lock facility because in take, you can take up to 90 days to settle a home. This guarantees the rate you saw advertised will be yours by the time you sell it, sell, um, settle. Different terms and conditions apply, so ask your lender about that. Yeah, great tips, Effie. It will be interesting days ahead, won't it? Thank you so much. It's all well. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, the NRL will crack down on concussion in round three. Yes, good morning, Tash. That's right. The NRL's head of football, Graeme Annesley, has spoken to the referee's boss, Jared Maxwell, about that, about cracking down on concussion. Now, Melbourne Storm's Felice Kafusi, we had Canterbury's Dallin Watini Zelezniak and Manly's uh, Sean Kepi. They were all allowed to keep playing despite incidents that concussed their opponents over the weekend. Now, obviously, there's a lot of attention around protecting players and their heads. The AFL has changed changed or created a new rule that if you are concussed, you're forced out for 12 days. The NRL is considering something similar, but what do they do with players who uh, caused an opponent to be concussed? Well, uh, on that incident with uh, with Kepi from Manly, his high tackle uh, did force Adam Reynolds off the field. He had to have an HIA test. Graham Annesley says that the Manly prop should have been penalised for that incident. Should there have been a penalty? Yes, I believe there should. Uh, should it have been a sin bin? I think it should. Should there have been a charge? I think there should have been. So I think we'll see uh, a bit of a difference there with the way that's, uh, that's dealt with on the field, not only the on-field referee, but also the bunker uh, leading into this weekend. And to the AFL now, Brett, and some big guns will be back in round two. Yes, absolutely. Quite a few of them. Let's start at the Magpies. Of course, they open round two against the Blues on Thursday night. Still side bottom, their star midfielder will be back, although his coach, Nathan Buckley, has warned he won't fix all of their issues after they lost to the Dogs in round one. He's an elite player, so it's, it's good to have him back. But looking at our performance of last week and what we expect on Thursday, it's not going to be the inclusion of steel that will make the difference. We need to get going around the ball, and we are shown up there by the, the Dogs, and it's going to be a key part of Thursday night's game. The Swans were one of the 
big surprise winners in round one. Not only did they upset the Lions, but really thrashed them as well. And now they get back uh, Lance Franklin. We haven't seen him in Swans colours since the final round of the 2019 season. He's had various injuries, groin, uh, hamstring, and uh, his latest one was a calf. Here's John Longmire on his availability for round two. He's done a lot of work. He's done a lot of uh, work since really August last year when he, we couldn't get him back into play. He's done a lot of strength work. Um, He's been training for quite a while now, so um, you know, it'd be great to get him back in the team. And for the Saints, their young forward Max King was concussed from a freak golf accident. He's forgiven his friend for that uh, that shank while he was playing before round one. He'll be back in round two against the Ds. Tonight, Patrick Dangerfield faces the music. We originally thought his tribunal hearing would be last night. It's actually uh, tonight that head-on contact with uh, Jake Kelly. It was a head clash, but that was graded as severe given it concussed his opponent and broke his nose as well. Uh, Patrick Dangerfield, though, he uh, remains pretty defined about what happened. Look, it's a contact game. Um, but we've also got to make sure that we're looking after concussion um, and approaching that in the right way and respecting that. But it's also a game that's played in 360 at high speed um, and it's been a part of the game for a long period of time. So basically said he was uh, defending himself, but uh, I'm not sure, as we spoke about off the top, with the uh, focus on concussion that uh, the tribunal will accept that version of events. Mm, Indeed. Brett, thank you very much. Thanks, Tash. Checking the all-important weather details around the country now this Tuesday morning and unfortunately the rain is set to continue along many parts of Australia's east coast. Brisbane rain, 26. Rain set to continue heavy at times for Sydney, 21. Rain also on the way for Melbourne today, 21. Rain for Canberra, 18. Showers set to develop in Hobart, a top of 23. Different situation in Adelaide and Perth today. Sunny conditions, 25 degrees expected for both Adelaide and Perth today and a shower or two on the way and a top of 32 for Darwin. Well, as the saying goes, one man's trash is another man's treasure. And that was certainly the case for one very lucky garage sale attendee in the US. Now, the unnamed man from Connecticut purchased a Chinese bowl at a garage sale for around $45. It turns out that dish was actually a 600-year-old rare Ming Dynasty era antique worth more than $900,000. The rare 15th century bowl headlined at Sotheby's in New York for 20,000 times what the anonymous owner originally paid for it at that garage sale. Only six other versions of the unique bowl are known to exist, the majority of them in museums. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day. Please take care and we'll see you tomorrow. Listener.